0: Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 33 of Health Talk with Dr. Cal. I'm Nikki Sterner. Last week, we began a series discussing body detoxes and cleanses. We talked about the differences between a fast, a cleanse, a detox, a flush, and a restore. This week, we're discussing detoxes and cleanses again, gut, liver, and gallbladder health. We'll go deeper into the specific signs and symptoms related to gut, liver, and gallbladder health problems and what you can do to remedy them. The body talks, but do we listen? Sometimes. It might be gut inflammation and bloating, or fatigue, or a big hardened belly, or headaches and trouble sleeping, or mood swings, or skin issues and allergies. This type of body talk is often ignored or a Band-Aid is slapped on to get through the work week, or a prescription is prescribed to mask the symptoms. It's hard to stop and find the root cause. It takes time and effort, but like all things worth fixing, your quality of life is one of the most important ones, and your health is a big part of that. So, let's talk about it. Welcome, everyone, to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today, Dr. Kell and I are going to be discussing detoxes and cleanses, and gut, liver, and gallbladder health. Hi, Dr. Cal.
1: Good morning, Nikki.
0: Good morning. So before we get into that, let's do the quote of the day. The time is now. Stop hitting the snooze button on your life. And that's by Mel Robbins. That's a so, good
1: one. We do that a lot, right? So easy to right,
0: Yeah, I think a lot of times we have a lot of ideas, and then the hard part is actually like stepping into the action part of it. I don't know if you have any experience with that, Dr. Cowell.
1: Never had a problem with that. No, as soon as I think <laughs> about it, I go get it done. You too, right? The, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> the, uh, yes, like everyone else, I have my issues with procrastination and usually, you know, it, it does seem like, uh, we're constantly putting out fires, at least in my life. You know, you have your plan, you have your list. Of things to do each day, and then things just pop up, and you kind of like, okay, that takes priority now over this over here. And how do you decide what's most important? Uh, is mm-hmm. money the top priority? Is health the top priority? Might be many combinations of things. You have kids. Sometimes you have to drop everything to help them. You could yeah. go on and on. Why? Why you prioritize in the way you do, right?
0: Right. Yeah, it's all about prioritizing, like you said. Yeah. I mean, because. Anytime you're doing something now, like in today's world, if you're online looking at something, you get a pop-up or you get, you know, a notification, like there's constant distraction. So it is really hard to sit down and focus and like hit action on whatever it is you are most, you know, wanting to pursue. There's a lot of distraction today.
1: There is. And, and one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, is I personally, and I think you do too, recognize that health Is really something that should be put at the top of the list, because if you don't have your health, it's pretty hard to deal with all the other issues in life and to succeed financially. To uh, unless you got everybody, you're one of those people who is able to get everybody else to do it for you, which most of us aren't. We need that good health, and we need to maintain that good health so that we can accomplish all those other things in our life. And sometimes we just have to stop and reset, right? Because we start having health issues. Usually that's when people do it, right? Yes. And change yep. your life, you know? You Can you relate to that in your own life? Have you had... Yeah, sure. Experience?
0: When you stop feeling well, you stop having energy, you go, okay, what am I doing wrong? Am I not getting enough sleep? Am I eating poorly? Like, those are my two things that will pop up right away.
1: You said you notice it in your sleep or you're feeling poorly, like weakness or gut issues. Uh, Many people, they start having pain in their gut, but you know, it's, I find it interesting that we're only really aware three to 5% of anything that's going on inside your body at any one time. Wow. That's so small. It's like with, I always bring back cancer though we always, you know, the dreaded word, but most people don't know when it's going on. And we don't know when our body's suffering from inflammation, but there are signs, even if you don't have pain. I mean, you mentioned some of those already. You have problems with your sleep, you just feel weak, feel like you don't have any energy. Uh, those mm-hmm. are some basic symptoms. Uh, other things that may stand out, as people get older, you don't see it that much in young people, but a big belly. There's a lot oh. of men out there, especially, and, but you see women too. You can say, see different shaped bodies, but, and sometimes your health affects those things. You know, but like a big belly, in, especially in men, it almost looks like they're pregnant. You, know? uh, you yeah. see that a lot. That, that's a sure sign of liver congestion and and gut not functioning properly and you actually have a lot of inflammation going on inside the gut and oftentimes you'll see these guys where it doesn't look like they're fat so much but their belly's just really distended and tight and that's yeah. a sort of sign of gut and liver dysfunction which is what we're covering today anything else mm-hmm. you can think of there
0: um no i was just thinking like i was just having a moment of gratitude for um you know, just having these constant reminders with the podcast every week because I, I tend to fall off course a lot. And so it just brings me right back around every topic we cover. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good reminder. It's like taking a class every week with you. So I'm just appreciative.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's good for me, too. I mean, I'm constantly reminded of things because I'm reading research articles and going back over the information. And it, it's ama- it really kind of amazes me how easy you know and oftentimes I say oh i'm getting old so i don't remember things but i run into all age groups all the time through my work and and from kids to older adults and we all all forget things we all get sidetracked and refocused on things that that we're doing in our life and we forget about our health we're like if i'm not noticing it i don't think about it and so that it's easy to get off track and start eating poorly and Having more processed foods and more sugary foods, and one of those reasons is, you know, when we eat and eat poorly, unfortunately, that initial intake of that food feels good to us, and so you get can get a dopamine release from sugar and other things that are not good for you, like alcohol and drugs and some processed foods. You know, they make them so they taste good. They got a lot of salt, a lot of sugar, and it. It's really damaging in your body, but it's a slow process. know, it's like someone who smokes, you know, you smoke one cigarette and "Ah, that's okay. Didn't bother me, but you smoke a lot of cigarettes. Eventually, it leads to health problems and the same thing with foods. Some other signs I wanted to mention here of gut imbalance, liver imbalance or or headaches, mood swings, uh, feelings of depression and anxiety. We already mentioned sleep tissue, uh, gut issues like heartburn or just feeling bloated and a lot of excessive amounts of gas you know depending on the food you eat we all can get a little gas now and then of course but excessive amounts where it's going on all the time and you always feel bloated and then you have different types of gas from stinky to not so stinky and uh (laughs) you know proteins and fats tend to give you more uh uh, digestion or the poor digestion of those things can give you a very smelly gas Mm -hmm. the uh, skin issues like eczema and other things uh, allergies are a sign that uh, you're your gut and your liver and gallbladder are not functioning properly. A lot of people don't realize that or even know that, you know. They go take allergy medications when oftentimes, I've seen many people over the years, uh, they clean out, their, get their gallbladder functioning right, their liver functioning right, their gut functioning right, and the allergies go away. So, allergies are a sign of inflammation going on in the system, and the system not working right in your filter, and your food processes, the way you digest, and the way you... things like. Uh, different digestive enzymes produced by the liver and, and the bile and, and all that. If those aren't, things aren't working right, then you're not digesting right and now you, you have an increase in inflammation and now you have all these health issues that we're talking about.
0: So that's how the liver and the gut are connected is that the liver produces enzymes for the gut?
1: That's one way. There's actually over 500 functions of our liver. 500, Can you imagine? They uh, so a healthy liver is extremely important. That that one single organ is probably your liver's not working well, and the rest of it isn't working well either. So it's so important to keep your liver healthy. Detoxes, flushes, fasts—what we talked about last week—resets. Uh, uh, these are all words used when it comes to thinking about how you improve your gut and liver health, along with all the health of all the other systems in your body. Uh, We talked a little bit too previously about the different systems in your body that actually are part of the way you dispose of toxins. For instance, your body is constantly trying to rid itself of the toxins. I found an interesting article that said that the EPA, Environmental Protections Agency, has created a list. There's over 85,000 different chemicals created by man on this list (laughs) that are toxic to the human body. 85,000! These are used constantly in the environment. People are getting exposed to these things all the time, in the air. If you look at the different parts of our body that are actually things that help detox us, and our body's constantly trying to go through this process all day long, when we're sleeping, when we're waking, it's constantly trying to clear itself of these things, the toxins in the air that get into our body, those chemicals from the environment, toxins that come into our body from the food we eat, bacteria, viruses that enter our system going through our lungs, whether through our mouth or in nasal cavity into our lungs. But if you look at the different parts of the body uh, that are part of our detoxing system, you have in the mouth, going down through the esophagus into our stomach, then to the small intestine, the large intestine, and out the other end. um, And all these things get absorbed. So your gut is a big part of it. Your liver is a big part of it. Your kidneys. There are things that can get into the blood. And then that is expelled through the skin. More toxins go out the skin. The sinuses are formed. Think about it. When you get a cold or if you do have allergies, you often have sinus issues. Well, your sinuses are an area where you're expelling those toxins as well through the form of mucus or snot and mm-hmm. so as you blow your nose or sneeze it's a way of your body ridding itself of toxins as well your lungs too mm-hmm. constantly getting as you breathe in you suck in air and then your body expels what it can't use out of the mm. lungs so those are just some of the different ways the body works on expelling it is, well as you know through feces and urine and and all that and our sweat that's why it's so important to let your body sweat uh, because it's expelling those toxins and it's it important to your health questions comments
0: Um, I was just thinking like we purchased some new furniture and it's off gassing and you said like your body expels things in certain ways and I get this rash right around my hip. I don't know why it's like right below my hip and it just starts to itch when I'm exposed to things. It's like it's trying to come out because it's too much for my body or something.
1: Yeah, and that's a trigger signal or a sign for you to know that I've been exposed to something. And those are kinds of signs, too. Do I need to do a detox? Do I need to do a flush? Let's talk for a second a little bit. We talked about it last week, but what's the difference? You know, we look at a fast. All these things help detox the body and there's overlap in their definitions. And uh, one of the things I like is a fast. And there's an extreme fast where you go without water or food. Uh, You know, the body cannot last at least three days without food or water, even longer. But on average... Uh, most people think of a fast as just from food. You're just not having any food, but you're still having liquids. Uh, some fasts are just water fasts. Uh, I mentioned before I went on just a straight water fast for 11 days and, and lost a huge amount of water weight, about 19 pounds. Uh, another fast where I just do a juice fast, drinking different types of juices that uh, tend to cleanse your systems. And really what it's doing is giving your body a break. You know, a lot of these things, just your body's taking a break from all the junk we eat, all the stuff we ingest, and it's helping it to reset so it can, once again, you know, restoring that function of the gut and of the liver and of the other organs. And there's overlap. There's, there's, there are specific detoxes or flushes or cleanses specific to given organs. The ones we're talking about today are just specific to the gut and the liver and the gallbladder. I like to do that I found uh, years ago. It's a flush, and, and there's a little bit of confusion in the history as to where this originally came from. It's actually uh, Edgar Casey, In one of his trances, he came up with this, but uh, others are, uh, where I found it was in a book uh, written by a registered nurse, and her name eludes me right now. I was going to look that up before the podcast, but we'll put it in the notes later. But it's, it's a 24-hour flush, and it really works on, you know, it's benefiting the Intestinal tract, it's benefiting the liver and the gallbladder. Oftentimes people who have gallbladder pain, you get right upper quadrant, just under your rib cage, you'll if you start feeling pain there after a fatty or high protein meal it tells you your gallbladder is under stress. It can often be that you've got stones. My brother Years ago, he became allergic to almost everything. He couldn't even hold a newspaper. He lived in his garage. He purchased a new home, moved into the home. All of a sudden, just became allergic to everything. uh, Mm. Took padding out of the carpet, took out the insulation in his attic, removed all this stuff because he wasn't sure what he was being exposed to. Lived in his garage for almost two years. Several years ago, and we discovered this flush and had him do it. And after he had done it uh, once every couple of weeks, after the very first time he noticed a difference, but it wasn't until he probably did the third, fourth, fifth time where he noticed a significant difference. And he got out a a bunch of stones after doing this. Uh, The medical community just totally downplays this flush. But I've seen time and time again people who are having gallbladder issues uh, do the flush and uh, the gallbladder problems went away. And they didn't have to have their gallbladder removed. And I tell you, don't remove your gallbladder. It's very important to your system and your health, uh, unless it's just so bad that uh, there's nothing else they can do. A couple of patients over the years that uh, they did the flush and the stones were so big and and the gallbladder was in such bad shape that they still had to remove it. Mm -hmm. The idea is to never get to that point, right? So that's one we'll list on there. And that's just a 24-hour thing where you're uh, just drinking liquids. Um, And we'll put that flush up in the notes so people can see. we won't go through the whole thing right now. Uh, but uh, that one's a good one. Um, There's others that you can do. I think if you're just trying to give your body relief, I think we previously mentioned the Gershon anti-cancer diet. I've done that diet before for a couple of weeks, and and I found it very interesting that while I was on that, after a couple of weeks, my feces no longer smelled bad. Um, Believe it or not, it lost its ill odor. You're mainly doing liquids uh, for a couple of weeks on that as well, and you're Supplying yourselves with increased levels of potassium and and uh, other things, things uh, that at least in their program, they. One of the things when you get cancer, part of the problem is you have excessive amounts of salt, and then there's a huge imbalance in salt and potassium. Heavily increasing your potassium uh, intake because the cells of your body uh, need both. If you have an excessive amount of one or the other, and the cells are now not functioning properly, it's more likely for the cells to mutate. And that's the theory on one of the causes of the cancer, that your cells are mutating, they become unhealthy, and as they reproduce, because a lot of your cells are continually cycling through, and they're dying off, and new ones are being created, and when those new ones are created, they become mutated and, and become cancer. And, and that's why some of the cells, they mutate, and they're, they're benign. They, they grow, they stay there, and they might create a slow-growing mass, but they don't spread throughout their body. Those are the ones they refer to as benign. Whereas the other kinds are the ones that they just start spreading and multiplying your immune system. Oftentimes kicks in with things like bad cells are created, but in the case of cancer, the immune system doesn't recognize it. And the, those are some of the treatments for cancer that, that exist today, too, is helping the immune system recognize the cells so they can go kill them and destroy them. So, mm-hmm. But your body naturally, if everything's working right, kills them off before they have a chance to grow and flourish. And by mm-hmm. resetting your system by doing these types of of healthy cleanses or detoxes, because there are a lot of them out there that actually can cause damage to your system. And so you need to be careful. You need to see a healthcare provider who's familiar with these things, who is very knowledgeable, instead of just going off ignorantly and going, hey, let me go do a three-week fast with um, the one big by Beyonce people were doing with the lemon juice and the maple syrup and the cayenne pepper. I don't recommend that, but that's me personally. um, If you're going to do it, do it short term. I think a water or a juice fast are the best kind. And in juices, I would say uh, vegetables. Juicing vegetables up and light on the fruits, heavier on the vegetables with the kinds of uh, liquids or juices you're doing that are more low in sugar. And that totally gives your body a break and lets the body heal itself. The body will heal itself if you remove the interference. That's the whole premise in chiropractic. That what you have to do is remove the interference. Whether the interference is, is environmental. Or what you're taking into your system. Or is emotional. You've got to stop what's causing the problem. And then give the body what it needs to recover. And so that's why you we're constantly talking about improving nutrition. And taking away the things that are harming it. So that all make sense?
0: Oh Yeah. Yeah, it does, actually. I know when I clean up my diet, I feel a lot better.
1: Right. Um, what are some of the things you've done?
0: Um, I've done, like, this is a crazy story. When my kids were little, I was visiting my grandpa out in Oregon, and we were playing tea party and at one of his friend's houses, and there were these teacups that had, like, rainwater or something in them, and I was so, like, sleep-deprived from having little kids that I took one of them and drank it. Oh, my. And... <laughs> It was, it had something in it Mm -hmm. and like within 30 minutes I was on the toilet and it lasted and lasted for like a few weeks and I had these headaches and just constant like stomach pain or, you know, um, intestines or whatever. It was everywhere, like in my digestive tract. And I did this thing that was, um, called colonics and it Mm -hmm. took like herbs that killed parasites and other organisms and then you took a fiber to push it through. And then at night you did a tea that um, had like maybe senna or something like that, that really made sure that you were cleansed out by the next morning. And I did that for like three months and it totally cleared it out. And it was supposed to, you know, really give your system a full cleanse. And I think that that really did help a lot because I had never done one before and I had not necessarily eaten healthy up to that point as, you know, like a younger person. Person, I just kind of ate whatever I wanted, and and that was really interesting to be on that. And then I've done other things like the ten day juice cleanse, and I've done like here and there a you know a day of fasting or whatever. But yeah, I I don't know why I'm not as like into the longer ones now as I was before. I was more experimental back then, Mm -hmm. versus now I'm kind of like I wanted to fit into my balanced lifestyle somehow. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And the long term ones, typically people do those that are heavily overweight, this is a common one. Although there are, I've had people that, that were not overweight, though they still lost a lot of weight, gone on a three. Or just three more months. health issues
0: at the time. Like I definitely yeah. had more health issues when I was doing all these experiments with the different cleanses and detoxes. I I would try anything. Like I tried the Gershon stuff with, that has like the coffee enemas and the green juicing and I, I did that for a few days. Um, I was like, I'll try anything. What 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 should I try now?
1: <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. If you were that ill. <clears throat> yeah. And there was probably some type of protozoa in that water. I spent uh, some time in Colombia, South America. I was a missionary for my church there many years ago, mm-hmm. and while I was there, I got uh, what they referred to as amoebas in my stomach and and had severe oh. stomach pain. I mean, literally, it would just double me over and I'd be have severe bouts of pain for several minutes and then it would subside and it it got on for several days went to the doctor down there and went to the far you know down there you go walk in the pharmacy and tell them your symptoms and they'll give you a drug or at least they did back then so I tried several things nothing seemed to work and finally someone said you've got to go downtown to the market downtown in Bogota and where they have all the herbs and you know, talk to the people down there, tell them your symptoms, and they'll give you stuff to do. And so I did. And mm. this lady gave me these packets of leaves and, and some kind of homemade pills. And she said, you know, make a, like a tea out of, out of the leaves and, and take the pills. And in three days, you'll be good. I did that. And I literally sat on the toilet for three days and didn't oh, yeah. didn't eat hardly any food, felt really weak by the end, of course, and wore out. But it went away. It was gone. It basically flushed out. I mean, that was a flush. That was a major flush. And, and I regret at the time really figuring out or writing down the names of the whatever it was that I was given. But uh, it sounds like you kind of did similar things. It took you a while to do it, but uh, whatever bug was in your system, you finally killed off. And that's the purpose of these kinds of flushes and detoxes and it's all about getting your system to work right. If we look at the real benefits, it's oftentimes one of the first things that occur when your system isn't working right is you get an increase in inflammation. And if you look at your system when you eat food, your actually digestion begins in your mouth and you start breaking things down your mouth and some things are absorbed in your saliva some things you say oh yeah put it on your tongue it it immediately gets absorbed into your system the the real small particles can pass in through your pores in your mouth and get into your bloodstream then you swallow it gets into your gut and the acidic level of low ph of your 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 gut starts breaking things down and then once it's small enough it passes into the small intestine your gallbladder spills out bile and the proteins and fats mostly the carbohydrates are digesting your gut though it does break down start the breakdown of proteins and fats but then when the bile is kicked out uh, that really starts working on the proteins and fat heavily and 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 that's where your major digestion takes place is in your small intestine and that's the longest part of your Mm. intestine and the majority of all that is broken down and then absorbed in through your small intestine and then goes in through your blood and through the liver. Uh, in the large intestine, or the colon is often referred to the colon as well, the large intestine is a shorter part, the larger part, but that's where most of the water and the minerals, electrolytes, are absorbed out of that area, and so that's where the fecal matter starts to form, and so your stool starts to form there, and then eventually gets drier and drier until it comes out the other end. And your body has reabsorbed all the water and the nutrients that are left there, back into your system. And if everything's working right, it's just the toxins and the, and the bad stuff that's left that comes out in your fecal matter. But a uh, dysfunctioning system all along the way, from your mouth all the way down through to the other end, if it's not working right, if your floor is messed up, and it's not healthy, if it's not breaking down those nutrients properly, if there's bile coming out, that's why your gallbladder is important. The bile produced by the liver builds up in the gallbladder and then it's a large amount of bile that spills out and then works in your digestion. You take your Take your gallbladder away your liver's still producing the bile but it's spilling out in small amounts now and it's not enough now your digestion's been messed up and so no. the, so you're you're not breaking down things in your bile and that's where we give uh supplements to our patients to help break down that acts as the bile they take that and it helps break down the fats and proteins Because once the gallbladder is gone, you're no longer digesting those fats and proteins properly and your digestive health has been permanently compromised unless you add supplements that will help break that down. A lot of people don't understand that. The medical community just ignores it, but it's a fact. You'll see a lot of people who have their gallbladder removed will have a fattier stool and that's a sign those things aren't being broken down in their system properly.
0: Do you actually see fat in the stool?
1: Well, yes, and the stool will float more. When there's fat there, it tends to float more. The intent is to get rid of the toxins, help improve the detoxification of your body. Typically, they entail, you get rid of eating all the processed foods when you do a cleanse or a detox. You stop doing that. You increase Mm -hmm. your vegetable intake, your fruit intake, you're eating specific foods that are good for the gut, you know, more fermented foods, taking probiotics, or foods that have probiotics in them, which are basically the good bacteria that your body needs and your intestinal tract needs for the, to improve the digestion. Oftentimes bad bacteria starts growing in your intestines because you've messed up the pH. That's why I tell people don't, don't drink the uh, IPH waters because that oh. can mess up the pH of your system. Is that uh, the alkaline waters? Yeah, and they become really a fad now. It's messing up the pH of your system. It's affecting your digestion, slowing it down, altering the pH in the other parts of your digestive system, which is acidic all the way throughout. So now you're taking things that are alkaline, affecting your digestion. The minerals that are in there uh, may be good for you, but you don't mm-hmm. have to drink the high pH water to get those. So, the whole intent of doing these things whether you cut out all the food to give your body a break and just drink water or juices, that gives your body a break. Here's the way I tend to like to do things I like to start off when I do this kind of a thing, try to once a quarter now, gallbladder flush that I previously talked about. Mm-hmm. Then, if I'm going to go on a process where I want to do a cleanse or a detox, I'll usually do one day of fasting where I'll try to go a day with no food or water, just oh. kind of cold turkey. Usually you can go 24 hours. First time you do it, you might find it a little difficult. Some people will feel a little weakness. And if it's too much to go without water, drink water. But I, I call that like a prep day where you're changing what you're doing. Sometimes you need to do a drastic alteration just even for 24 hours to change your routine So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and just break up that routine. And, and I find doing a fast, like a one-day Fast for me both from food and water is good to start things off. It's like, okay, it's a trigger. to Now, I've just accomplished that. Now I can totally change my diet for a time. I can stop eating the junk. I can stop drinking the junk. Now I'm ready. I start eating the fruits and vegetables, drinking the fruit juices and the vegetable juices. Or if, if I really want to do like the long-term flush, where I really take the break off my system, if I'm really feeling like things are not working right, I might go in more detail, kind of like the Gershon one, where you're just juicing vegetables, mainly vegetables, some fruits, but mainly vegetables. The coffee enemas actually have been shown to um, alter the liver function and and benefit the liver, help it clear out, help help the liver detox, adding high amounts of potassium, things like that. I, I, I really like that one if I'm really trying to take the load off my system and help my body reboot. Um, so it reduces the strain on your system and reduces general inflammation throughout your gut and your liver. And usually that goes on for a couple of weeks, times longer. I, I That's the longest I've really ever needed to do them. But some people carry them on for weeks, even months, if they're really unhealthy and they're really overweight and they're trying to lose weight. Another thing I, I like to do is change it up where I might do one thing for a day another thing for a day another thing for a week and switch off because it can get old uh, especially if i'm trying to lose weight long term Um, Mm -hmm. i like to cycle through different diets i i started writing a book long uh, five years ago (laughs) still still got it almost done it's called 10 ways to lose 10 pounds in 10 days and it was all about um, here, you know what, if you're just trying to lose weight quickly, you're going to lose water weight. And he- here's several different ways you can do that. If you're trying to lose a lot of weight, you can alter these and use them. Okay, I'm going to be on this, kind of follow this program for this many days and this program for this many days. And it actually, for me, and I've had other people follow these programs when they wanted to lose 100 pounds or more, it helped them not get so tired of, of uh, one thing for a long period of time. Make sense? Yeah.
0: Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. I tend to, like, overdo something and then just get sick of it. Like, my kids will be like, Mom, you always batch cook, and then, like, we eat the same thing, and then we get sick of it. So Yes, yes. yes. I totally like understand that.
1: <laughs> what can you do? One of the, one of the other things you do is a standard diet. And, and really the key to a healthy lifestyle, I think, is not doing these detoxes and cleanses. It, it It's important you do them, especially if you've been eating poorly or you have a problem. You have a health issue, or those symptoms that we previously talked about, those are signs that you should do something. Uh, or you're heavily overweight and you want to lose weight, that's another sign. And storing lots of fat and, and eating improperly, that's when your body stores all that. And by the way, fat cells are one of the major places that toxins you're exposed to are stored in your body. So your body does that to help protect you from those things. And it could be a lot have a lot to do with the fact that your liver's not functioning well and detoxing right. And so, that you know, you've heard of a fatty liver. Uh, that's another sign things aren't working. If you're having any of those symptoms, that's where you want to go look at doing, you know, some fasts, some flushes, some uh, long-term patients on a three-week cleanse uh, where they're all, totally alter their diet. They're taking certain supplements and, and powdered drinks that help supply the body, especially the gut and the liver, with the nutrients it needs to function properly to help restore your health, and to restore the bacteria to, to functioning well in your system, to help kill off the, the bad bacteria that's developed in the gut. And there's different signs and symptoms that dealing with those kinds of things, and some of them we mentioned already. But just standardly, what should someone do? Let's say I don't want to do any of these things. I just want to eat right now. What would you do? Uh, most people are dehydrated. They don't ever drink enough water. Or they drink the other drinks and think that's enough. Increasing your water intake on a daily basis is is very important. Increasing your levels of good fruits and vegetables. Green leaf vegetables are on the top of my list. Adding probiotics into your diet, you know, research shows that taking probiotics helps your digestion, but it can take a long time for it really to alter your existing flora. But it can also help strengthen your your flora base. If you're eating improperly for a long time, the bad bacteria begins to grow and overtake, especially a lot of sugary foods. Um, Mm And white tongue can be a sign of uh, that, can also Mm -hmm. uh, be a sign of anemia. So Mm -hmm. that's something to look at in the mirror. Stick your tongue out, see what color it is, see if you have fissures in your tongue, uh, see if you have indentations on the sides of your tongue uh, from your teeth. That's a sign of inflammation. Mm -hmm. You can almost see the indentations where the tongue sits in your teeth. It's a sign because your tongue actually can become inflamed as well. You may not even notice it or feel it, but that's a sign Mm -hmm. Of inflammation in the body where the tongue swells a little bit it should sit right in your mouth and not be a lot of pressure of your tongue against your teeth but if you have some inflammation the tongue will swell put pressure against the teeth and you'll actually see kind of indentations along the sides of your tongue fermented foods there's lots of societies that have had fermented foods you know kimchi is one uh, uh, the Germans always like sauerkraut which I can't stand but my la- wife loves it avoid antibiotics unless you absolutely have to take them antibiotics not only kill off the bad things in your system, it can also kill your your good flora in your gut, and then gives an opportunity for the bad flora especially if you don't have a good diet to overrun your intestinal tract and the bad flora what that does is it keeps your body from digesting the foods or or I should say absorbing the nutrients into the cells and into the bloodstream so that your body can get those good nutrients. You may still be breaking everything down if the bile content is good but that bad flora is blocking those nutrients from getting into your system. So mm-hmm. it affects your health. Antibiotics will increase the chances of that occurring. So I always recommend people do antibiotic therapy. That They do a lot of probiotics afterward. They eat the fermented foods. And they reduce the stress of intake for a few days after the antibiotic therapy. Stay away from sugary foods. Stay away from any processed foods for several days. Of course, we should all give those up for good. But that's not reality for most of us every now and then we like a little it's because you know why we've talked about it before that when you eat the junk food because it's high in sugar you get an endorphin release in your brain it encourages you to eat more it's like alcohol does that drugs do that
0: i definitely anyway. feel that when i eat sugar yeah it is a release it's like a reward it's a it's a prize <laughs> yes
1: yes yes and and what do you do to yourself when you do it your, feels good for a moment and then afterwards. Your belly gets and <laughs> Yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention is, is uh, stool implants. In extreme cases, and they're doing this medically actually now, for people who have excessive uh, treatments with antibiotics, and they've totally killed off their good and bad flora in their system, and they're, basically their intestinal tract almost becomes void of flora, and now you're not absorbing hardly any of the nutrients. They've started doing feces from a healthy person and implant it into the rectum, of an unhealthy person, and it will actually help repopulate the intestines with good flora. It sounds really weird and kind of gross, but, it, but, really uh, weird. but, but it does. It does work, oh and so that's something that's available to people out there today. Uh, any other comments? Yeah, uh, colonics. I was going to mention colonics. People might oh, be yeah. interested in that. You know, a colonic is where they actually put a tube uh, in your, your into your rectum and push water. It's kind of like a high-powered enema. And they'll push water up into the colon and then they'll draw the water back out in an effort to really clean that area. I heard a medical doctor once say, you know, I've done many surgeries on the large intestine and, you know, they say there's all this junk in there and I'll open that up and and I don't see anything in there at that point. And it's because the, the body's constantly drawing... Th- the fluid in and out so you're typically not getting sometimes the people who do the colonics will say yeah you got a buildup of crust of stuff inside the intestine i think in some cases that is true i mm-hmm. think that does occur but as a whole what's really going on in the colonic is you're pushing a bunch of good things up in there and it also helps the body recycle in the lower intestine so in the sense what i'm saying the large intestine pushes fluid into the body and it puts fluid out of the body into the large intestine. So by uh, doing the colonic, it makes that cycle occur more frequently. You're pushing good things in, drawing more toxins out. It kind of acts as a reset. Do I think a colonic is good for somebody? I think yeah, every once in a while. I've actually never had one personally. I've thought many times about going to do one. It's just kind of a, you know, a lot of people don't do them just because it's a bit of an invasive experience kind of like having a (laughs) doing rectal exam or a colonoscopy i don't think it's that bad but anyway i've uh, done them oh you have i have oh good okay
0: yeah they are super interesting like you go in and you lay on your side and they have some sort of ointment that they put on the end of the
1: lubricant insertion
0: yeah a loop and then yeah they put it up there and then they have i think there's there's two different tubes so there's one one that has water that goes in then there's the one that takes the water back out and so they just they'll fill you with water and then they'll drain it and you'll see things coming through and and, yeah yeah and sometimes you see large chunks of things and other times it's more um surface stuff so I think it depends on how impacted you are and how you know how many issues you're having with yeah, and
1: I would definitely recommend it for people who, we've talked about this before, how many times a day should be, you be going to the bathroom or defecating? And really, two to three times a day is a good number, at least once a day. And we've even put up, maybe we need to put the poop scale up on, on in the notes again. Yeah. Uh, to show the different types of <laughs> fecal matter and what they look like. Yeah. That's very interesting. But your body's constantly processing all this stuff. So as food goes in and it's broken down and it gets through the small intestine, when it reaches the large intestine, then it's it's kind of a dark color and, and uh, you know, green or brown or even black if there's a lot of blood cells that are being broken down. Or, you know, it can be black or even red if you're bleeding in the, in the rectum. But the, uh, the body starts to solidify all that. So when you're flushing it through a colonic, you know, you're getting all that out of there faster instead of it sitting there, you know. And it is important, you know, the longer all that waste sits in your large intestine, the more likely it is that some of the bad stuff gets reabsorbed into your system. And so that's why you don't want to, you don't want that fecal matter to sit in there for days. You know, the person that's only going to the bathroom once every two or three days or longer could use a colonic. They definitely need to do some things to change up their diet. That's a sign that the flora is messed up in their system too if they're going long periods of time without defecating. It it also is a sign probably either the mechanism that draws the water in and out of the large intestine is messed up or they're very dehydrated. They're just not drinking enough liquid at all. And so the body's reabsorbing all the liquid out of their large intestine and the stools becomes too hard, too firm to be expelled. Yeah, like uh, you
0: can't even, you don't even have, what is it, peristalsis where it...
1: Right, yeah, it's just too hard and stiff. You know, there yeah. are people out there who have gone months without defecating, and they have to surgically go in and remove all that. kid I met years ago who had that problem. He'd actually gone, I don't know, six months or something like that, and he was all impacted and bloated until he finally went to the doctor, and, and they oh. had this surgery on him to get it all out of there. Oh so my it gosh. can happen. So it is important to defecate, I would say, minimum once a day, preferably a couple of times. I mean, if you're not doing that, you need to look at why you're not doing that and, you know, see... Uh, some health care professionals, some medical doctors may say, ah, eh, it's okay. You know, Once a week's fine. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're saying anymore. I don't always pay attention to what the medical community is claiming. Just try to stick mm-hmm. with what we know Yeah. and what we've found to work. I think we've covered most of what I wanted to cover today. Nikki, did you have any more co- other comments? or? Well,
0: I was just going to su- kind of summarize what we went over. So a lot of times the first signs that people will see will be like a big belly, for men or sometimes women, the liver congestion, a lot of gut inflammation, um, problem sleeping, weakness, fatigue, all those things, gut okay. imbalance, headaches, smooth swings, gassy and bloated. I know that was a common one for me. Skin issues, allergies, a lot of these symptoms show up. And that's when people tend to turn to the detoxes and cleanses and try to figure out how can I fix this. So you're saying... There's the 24-hour flush, which really helps the liver and gallbladder and the intestines, which is one I actually want to try because I think that would probably help me with all of my sensitivities to, like, chemicals and smells. and
1: Yeah, she might find that rash go away and not come back.
0: Yeah. And then also the Gershon is a, a great one for the liver and gallbladder. Is it good for the gallbladder as well or
1: everything? Oh, yes, yes. Um, any, anything really benefiting the gut and the liver is benefiting the function of the gallbladder. The only problem is with the gallbladder, usually when you start getting pain in the gallbladder, noticing pain, you've got stones in there. Oh, I might briefly mention, too, what are the stones? The stones are cholesterol, and they're actually, once they come out of you, you can squeeze them and break them in your hand very easily. Uh, The reason, you know, I've heard some medical uh, people say that, uh, oh, those aren't really gallstones. Um, Well, they are. And uh, they can be the size of a, a quarter all the way down to tiny little sizes. You know you're, you know when you do this flush, if you get little white flakes coming out, that's when you know your liver's functioning well and your gallbladder's functioning well, because those little white flakes—that's that, how the body resi- rids itself of cholesterol. You know a lot of people think the cholesterol is meeting the cholesterol and and therefore the cholesterol causing plaque. It's actually the the bra- that's all broken down what you eat and then the liver re constitutes it in the livers where it creates the cholesterol, the liver is not functioning well and creates excessive amounts of cholesterol that get back into your bloodstream, that's the issue you see with high cholesterol, but also (laughs) the liver dumps the cholesterol out of your body uh, through the gallbladder and then out the intestinal tract. So one of the ways that uh, at least the theories are is that the liver uses the cholesterol as well. To coat and take in these stones and, and look to see what's inside them and looked at a microscope and they find uh, remnants of uh, bacteria and protozoa um, uh, and, and different uh, toxins and things like that. It's like it's the body's encasing this, uh, using the cholesterol to encase these toxins. And then spilling them out through your intestinal tract. And basically, once they're coated in cholesterol, they're protected so they don't get back into your system. And they pass out of your body, and now you're not re exposed to whatever toxin or, or bacteria, whatever, been able to make it to the liver. And it gets rid of it out of your system. But the stones can be very large. The more cholesterol it's coated with as it moves through the liver, then into the gallbladder, sometimes they can be so big, that, or the bo- gallbladder's not dumping things like it should. Uh, it can then creates a blockage. So when the gallbladder opens up, it doesn't open up big enough and the stones get stuck in there and cause inflammation and then, then you have the pain. Uh, that's huh. why it's important to do these flushes from time to time. And by the way, I didn't think I, into the story of my brother after he'd done uh, several... Well, I, you know what I'm talking about. The, with yeah. the flush, my brother's allergies went away. They went away? Through doing the stuff. Now, when he notices wow. things coming back, you know where he, and he can notice that too, he'll see it in his tongue uh, he'll begin to feel weird. Uh, he'll do the flush. For for a long time, he consistently did it about once a month, and then he kind of got out of the habit because he was feeling so much better, and that's usually the case, right? When we feel good, we start ignoring what we should yep. be doing. Anyway, uh, I could go on and on, and, and we've been going on for a while. So I guess okay. we should wrap this up, and we'll talk more next week. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the kidneys and the adrenals, and detoxes and cleanses continue.
0: Okay, kidneys and adrenals next week. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Sounds good. Thank you
0: so much, Nikki. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Tune in next Tuesday to hear about the kidneys and the adrenals. Thanks, Dr. Cowell. Thank you, Nikki. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.